All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Preseason hat trick as a rookie? Is it time for us to ask the question, is Dylan Holloway the next Agnes PRV? Eh? No, maybe we shouldn't do that. But it was an exciting night for the Oilers rookie. Welcome in to Oilers Nation every day with me, Tyler Uramchuk, coming to you live from the Sports Closet studio. We are starting a GoFundMe so that I can get the final S for my sign. Let me know if you want to donate. Uh, excited to be back for the second episode of our daily live show, streaming live on the Nation Network YouTube. And the big story of the day None other than Mr. Dylan Holloway. That is going to be our lead on today's show. So let's jump right into it. A three-goal, four-point night for Dylan Holloway. He gets the opportunity to play next to Leon Dreisaitl and Zach Hyman, and he absolutely makes the most of it. In my opinion, with that performance last night, he has locked up his spot on the team he finishes plus four he plays just over 17 minutes and there is a lot to love about what number 55 was able to do not only did he score three goals and add an assist and all of that he did it all at five on five this guy wasn't just mooching points on the power play or anything like that and honestly he had a couple extra chances he finished this game with five shots on goal at five on five as well and there were little parts of holloway's game that i really really liked as well um when Hyman, Dreisaitl, Holloway, when they're on the ice at 5-on-5, five five, they outshot the Canucks 10-4. to four. That is great. The other things I loved about Holloway is he seems to have the mindset of a true power forward. 
except he also skates like the wind. And I think that combination lines up perfectly with the playing style of Leon Dreisaitl. There was a play in the second period where Holloway picks up the puck, top of the zone, flips it down to Dreisaitl on the half wall, and Holloway doesn't even hesitate. He doesn't even look around. His head was down. He was going towards the front of the net. And I, I love to see that. I think if you have a guy like Holloway who can move that well and a couple of players in Hyman and number 55 who aren't afraid to just crash the net, I think Leon Dreisaitl could pick up 80 assists this season. I think I think that line has that kind of potential. Uh, Dylan Holloway was absolutely tremendous. There's just no denying that. And the interesting part is that it creates a handful of big, big questions from around the Oilers. But before we get into that, let's check in with our good friend Liam Horbin and see how Liam's doing because I know we were having some tech problems. But Liam, I think you are there. I think you are alive. I think we're I think we're up and running. I hope so anyway, because we're here we're here doing it. So gotta be now. And neither of us left our YouTube on with the sound and we both muted our Slack notifications. So we are already off to a way better start than we were yesterday. Uh, we got a busy show coming up. We're gonna chat about Holloway, what that means for some other Oilers players. We're gonna talk a little betting later on, and we're also gonna be joined by our friend Tom Gazzola in about eh, seven, six, seven minutes around that range there. Um, but Liam, your thoughts on Dylan Holloway. Holloway, uh, did he cement his spot on the opening night roster with that performance last night? Well, I mean, he finally got a chance to prove himself with the top guys. And what more could he have really done? A hat trick, an assist, uh, you know, it's kind of what yeah. we expected him more in a way, right? And everyone, even people from around the league, I know we have a couple of friends out in Vancouver that were talking about him today, just how quick he is for a guy that big. And the others don't really have a guy like that right now. And if he can keep performing like this, there's not really any reason not to keep him away from Leon Dreisaitl, all right? Like, you kind of got to see what he can keep doing with these guys. So I know this one is going to fire up the chat, and it already has. Before we started our stream today, Seth was already in here saying, for the love of God, Tyler, please suggest trading Yamamoto over Pugliarvi. So let's bring up the debate surrounding number 13 on the Oilers. It was talked about a lot last night. If you were in tune with what was happening on Twitter, Dylan Holloway, if he has a spot in the top nine, we can look at what Daily Faceoff has lined up right now, even though it's maybe not 100% accurate. But if Yamamoto's locked into the top nine, because all we ever hear is Drysaddle and McDavid love playing with this guy, and that's not lip service, they really do. So if Yamamoto's locked in, Kane's locked in, Hyman's locked in, Nuge, McLeod, they're both locked in. Fogel scored two goals last night as well. If Holloway's now in the mix, where does that leave Yesa Pugliarvi? And I, and I think people who follow this team, whether you're a fan or your media, you, you've kind of understood for a while that Pugliarvi's not going to be a long-term fit with this hockey club. It's just the one-year deal versus Yamamoto signing a two-year deal and things like that. We heard all of the reports over the summer that both sides kind of wanted a fresh start. Maybe this Holloway performance pushes the Oilers to change up their ask a little bit. If you watched Daily Faceoff Live yesterday and heard Frank Saravalli's insider segment, you would know the Oilers' ask has changed quite a bit over the last couple of months. You know, closer to the draft, they didn't just want draft picks. They wanted a player back for Yesa Pugliarvi. There were issues with that. His arbitration case was pending. All of that. Their Oilers' ask changed. They then just wanted a draft pick, and apparently they aren't really getting a lot of bites on that. I do wonder as we get injury news throughout training camp with the different teams and even as teams start to realize their own roster crunches, if maybe an interested party circles back and the Oilers now sit there and go, all right, can we make a move? And if we like our top nine the way it is, why not get rid of Pugliarvi? $3 million off the books. The cap situation's a little bit easier and you have your top nine forwards without him. 
I would caution against that for a handful of reasons. First off, the top nine you have on the opening night roster, that's not going to be your top nine for all 82 games. We know there's going to be injuries. We've seen that year after year. You can't just look at the line combinations from, you know, the seventh preseason game or the first regular season game and be like, hey, we're good. Let's keep let's keep that for the whole season because someone's going to get hurt, which is why I'd be a fan of, you know, making the cap situation work with Pugliarvi still here. Maybe that means Warren Fogle needs to play on the fourth line for the first few games. That's fine. Also, if you're just writing Holloway's name in the lineup, he's a rookie. The year's not going to be all hat tricks and sunshine and rainbows. Like, there's going to be struggles throughout the season for Dylan Holloway. You can't just bank on him being ready to be a top six winger for all 82 games. So while I understand that Holloway's performance has put some pressure on the Pugliarvi thing and has once again reignited that conversation, although reignited is maybe not the right word because it rarely ever seems to go away, I just think sacrificing your depth, especially on the right side of that lineup where you're already relatively thin, I just think it's a really, really big mistake. Never mind the fact that Warren Fogle played with Devin Shore for two minutes last night and scored two goals. So maybe Warren Fogle is the answer for the fourth line winger. And maybe Pugliarvi should get a look with McLeod and, McLeod and Nugent Hopkins to see if that can score. But Liam, like, again, the hat trick was great. I made the joke about Magnus PRV off the jump. But, like, if the reaction to watching Dylan Holloway score one hat trick in the preseason is to trade Pugliarvi, a guy who's been a project for a couple of years, who you've been so patient with, it just feels like a, a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, and especially with what you said about the reports coming out, there isn't a lot of interest in Poyavi right now. So why why are you trying to push him out of town again? Like, let's just keep the team the way it is. And we don't know what Holloway is truly going to be in the NHL. Like, we'll have a better picture, obviously, once the season starts. But for now, let's not have any knee-jerk reactions of sending anybody away. Like, this is a good, deep Oilers group right now. There's young players coming through like tyler benson for example like he's a guy who's pushing for that spot still right i think there's there's more debate yeah. to be had in other spots of the lineup than trying to trade away guys like i think it's important yeah we just keep playing the way we are we keep this forward group for the first who knows 20 games of the season or so see where everyone is and this what's to say someone fortunately gets hurt in the first couple of games yeah. of the season and then all of a sudden you've got to play Derek ryan or Devin Shore on the third line or the second line or whatever it may be, right? Let's hope he doesn't get to that point, but the depth is there right now. Holland's done the right thing with Puyavi, Puyavi, sorry, and not trading him away, and I think that's kind of how it's going to stay with the others. Uh, guitar Maniac, Fogel scored two garbage time goals against ECHLers, not moved. Yeah, and that's fair too. You could also say Dylan Holloway did that against a lineup that was majority American League and East Coast guys or ECHL guys, so that's totally fair as well. Uh, before we get to Tom Gazzola, the only other thing I wanted to talk about from last night is uh, the blue line, the power play quarterback spot. I thought it was interesting how Jay Woodcroft sort of divvied up the minutes yesterday. Uh, the Oilers had plenty of power play opportunities. In total, Bouchard played four minutes and 16 seconds with the man advantage, while Tyson Berry played right around two and a half minutes. With Bouchard on the ice, it was five shots in four minutes. With Barry on the ice, it was two shots in two and a half minutes. Bouchard was on for the only goal. And this is going to be a debate that probably lingers throughout the season. I don't think, again, it's a situation where they sit there for game one and go, yeah, Evan Bouchard's our power play quarterback. And for 82 straight games, Evan Bouchard's getting four minutes of power play time a night. I really do think it's going to be a bit of a split thing here. You're going to go with the hot hand. If the power play misses on three or four straight attempts, you're going to flip-flop a little bit and look 
and, and try to build up a bit of a different look on that top unit. I think that goes for a guy like Zach Hyman as well. If they go three games without a power play goal, you're probably swapping Hyman for Kane. I also think the Oilers are going to want to use two power play units more than they did at the beginning of last season. That's something we saw Jay Woodcroft start to do throughout the year. So the Bouchard versus Barry debate, I saw some people asking about it last night. I thought Bouchard looked better. Again, take it with a grain of salt because it's a preseason game, right? And I just don't think right now there's going to be one definitive answer to who's going to be the power play quarterback. So for all you fantasy hockey folks out there who are wondering which one you should draft, I honestly think it's a coin flip between the two because the power play time in all likelihood will just be split throughout the season. Um, so yeah, th those are my two big takeaways. Obviously, you had the big Dylan Holloway night. I was keeping an eye on the power play usage as well. But back to the main topic, it looks like Dylan Holloway could very well be making this team, which means Dylan Holloway's got to find somewhere to live. And I'm very intrigued to see if the rookie ends up with a roommate. Those are always fun stories. You heard about like in St. Louis last year, Jake Neighbors was living with Braden Shen and things like that. Uh, so who will Dylan Holloway end up living with in his rookie year? Uh, I want your thoughts on that. Hit me in the chat. Which Euler would make the best roommate for Dylan Holloway? Uh, we'll get back to the chat in just a little bit here, but we do have a very exciting guest today on the show. We're going to talk more about preseason and things like that with our good friend, Tom Gazzola. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He does the Don Wheaton on White pre and post game show on TSN 1260. He also does the oil stream with Dustin Nielsen, which you can find by finding him on Twitter at Tom Gazzola. Tommy, welcome to Oilers Nation every day. What up, your M Chuck? Thanks for having me, man. Good to see you. I think we might be having a bit of a tech problem. I can't hear Tom, Alex, but uh, that should work. That should get going in. <laughs> Just a second here. Uh, Tom, obviously, Dylan Holloway is the talk of the town right now. He's bumped Pugliarvi for the most mentioned player on Twitter for a brief moment. But uh, has Dylan Holloway, in your opinion, has he won his way onto the opening night roster with that performance last night? Your Amtrak, can you hear me now? Yes, I got you. We are good. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. We got that settled. All right. Thanks for having me. Uh, has he bumped? Yes, Pugliarvi. I don't think so. But, I mean, he made a good case for himself last night. And I'm glad that you keep bringing up the level of competition that the Oilers faced yesterday. It was a 
AHL team, basically. Uh, and I know some people like to throw in the ECHL thing. I get it. Uh, but you look at that roster, that Vancouver ice, and you're like, ugh, that's not very good. But he took advantage of his opportunity. He was good in Winnipeg the other night, too. That play he made to Jason Demers, I thought was a that was an NHL-caliber play. That was elite. So he's looked good. And as the competition you know, has gotten tougher, although last night, again, is a bit of a uh, – you can't say the same about that competition last night. He's still good. He's maintained. He's taken advantage of those opportunities he's been given. It was exciting last night. Did people kind of – uh, get overexcited about what they saw. Yes, and that's natural. It was a good vibe down at the rink, especially in that third period. But let's see what happens in these last two preseason games. I'm sure Jesse Pugliarvi will like to show well in whatever action he gets into, uh, either against the Canucks tomorrow or against Seattle on Friday. But I personally don't think Holloway has cemented his spot on this roster. It is preseason. We do get excited about these things. Um, let's see what happens in the, these last couple of games, Chuck, because that'll be a, a big tell. However, there are some few, some little uh, hints that we have gotten in regard to Holloway and, and how he might be perceived by the coaching staff. I mean, he's gotten a ton of minutes in these last couple of games. Uh, he was finally elevated to that line with uh, Hyman and Dreisaitl. Did not look out of place. Hyman and Dreisaitl praised him. They were just extremely glowing in their appreciation for the elements to the game Holloway has brought to this point. But they also said, you know what, uh, things get tougher as you progress. And again, we expect better lineups that the Oilers will face tomorrow and on Friday. It's really made it interesting. And I think it's encouraging when you take away all of the arguments between Pugliarvi and Holloway, it's encouraging to see a blue chip prospect pushing the way he has. And Maybe he gets, you know, a few games at the start of the season and it doesn't look like he's quite ready. If that's the case and that does happen, he goes down to Bakersfield and should play very well and get every opportunity to light things up. And then he'll get another look back in Edmonton. Who knows what happens, but um, he has not cemented his spot on this team, I don't think. But he's getting closer and yesterday's performance certainly helps him. Yeah, and that's why, again, like the fact that this is being connected to Yesa Pugliarvi so much is, I mean... I think I speak for both of us when I say we're sick of talking about the Pugliarvi thing. Like, it's getting wildly yeah. annoying that every day we <laughs> need to talk about this guy's future. But, like, just because you have 10 good forwards that could be top nine guys if you count Fogel in this doesn't mean you just immediately jump to trade one of them. Like, having depth is something we've Oilers fans have wanted for a decade plus, and you finally have it in this forward group. And I just wouldn't really understand just flushing it away that quickly because Holloway played good in the preseason. Yeah, and that's totally understandable. But logically, you know, that I like that theory, and I'm all for it. And uh, if this was a perfect scenario, then everything would be all good and all the players would be happy with this situation. But that's not necessarily the case. Uh, you know, there's a player there that, that, you know, thinks that he's someone who should be in the top six. He's been unhappy. It's on the record he's been unhappy. And if an opportunity presented itself elsewhere, he's willing to go down that route and the organization is willing to help him with that now when that happens who knows if that happens even though i still think it's likely uh we shall see but yeah it, not everyone's happy in this scenario and if if a guy like Jesse Pugliarvi gets bumped out is he going to be content being a, a third liner 
I, I don't think so. I can't speak for him, but uh, history has shown that uh, he's not afraid to let it be known he's unhappy. And, and you know, it's okay to be stubborn, especially when uh, you believe in yourself and, and you want to go out there and contribute to your team or prove to everyone that you belong at this level and, and can be an impact player at this level. So uh, you're right. The depth is fantastic, but uh, not everybody necessarily, I think, in that room would be happy with that scenario if it played out where Holloway made the team and all of a sudden they've got 10 top nine forwards and uh, somebody's an odd man out and uh, it might be number 13 in orange and blue from time to time. Uh, and I know, and I'll, I'll even say this, if people are saying, well, what about Warren Fogle? You can just bump him down to the fourth line. Agreed. And he's been there before and he, he played on the fourth line. He was in healthy scratch at times last season as well. But just watching every day at camp, being at the rink, he has not skated really on the fourth line. Him, McLeod, and Nugent Hopkins have been together essentially since the start of camp. And we've heard the coaching staff, we've heard Ken Holland talk about Warren Fogle's role this season. And a lot of it sounds like he's probably going to end up on that third line. He's probably going to end up playing a lot of right wing. He's probably going to get some PK time. And, and we're not hearing those types of conversations or, or thoughts being shared with us publicly via press conference from the coaching staff and management team about 13. I want to ask you one more about the forward group and then get your take quickly on the blue line before we let you go. Um, Jake Vertanen, he didn't look good last night. There were a couple big gaffes. He took a penalty. He missed a few passes. Yes, he had a nice assist to Warren Vogel, sure. But this guy, in my opinion, has done close to nothing well in the lineup. He's not sticking, is he? No, I don't think so. I think it's pretty safe to say he's not going to get a contract. I mean, there's ways to get the attention of the fan base, media, the coaching staff, uh, the management team, and that's by hustling. That's by making plays, uh, especially early on, going out of your way to do different things that maybe you're not accustomed to to show that you're desperate to make a team or get a contract. And we didn't really see that. I mean, uh, I think in that Calgary game at the Saddle Dome, you know, Jake Vertanen, the physical forward. Well, I saw him bump into a Flames player once. That was it. Uh, in Seattle, I think he had a great opportunity in the slot, and he missed the net by about 10 feet. And then, yeah, the other night, he made a nice play on the forecheck on the Benson goal. Great shot by Tyler Benson. Unfortunate to see him go down yesterday, by the way, because he's had a pretty strong camp. And then yesterday, that was a very nice pass to Warren Fogle. It was in garbage time. Uh, not not enough. Uh, too little, too late. And I don't think we're going to be seeing Jake Furtanen suiting up for the Oilers uh, this season. And uh, I would, I'd be surprised, you know, if we don't hear in, in a day or two that he might be released from his PTO. I don't know if they're going to keep him to the end of it. But uh, like you said, and I'm with you, Yaramchuk, I don't think he's done enough to warrant anything. So there's a decision to be made up front on a few fronts. On the blue line, there's a big decision that has to be made as well. And when we dig into sort of who's still kicking around at camp here, I mean, coming into things, it sounded like this was Philip Broberg's job to lose, that 3LD spot. Well, Dmitry Samurikov got a game with Tyson Berry last night. He's also the only one of the group, when you include Nima Linen and those other pieces, who's going to need waivers, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, do you want to send Samurikov down through waivers, risk him getting claimed? Has he outperformed Broberg? Like, right now, it feels like there's more questions than answers in regards to the blue line. How do you see this thing shaking out? Yeah, uh, Tyler, I don't think Philip Broberg has done anything to lose his job. He had the inside track, and I think he's been okay. Has he been... 
uh, head and shoulders better than Nimalina and Sam Rukov? No, I think it's fair to say he hasn't been, but he's been okay. And I think he just wanted to play it safe, be consistent and steady. And all, honestly, he's done that. So I think he's still going to be the guy that wins that spot. I still think Ryan Murray will be the seventh D-man. Uh, I know that Sam Rukov, watching him yesterday, I like the way he held the line. I like the way he, he kept his gaps. I thought he was steady in the defensive zone. I was I was pleasantly impressed with him, and, and I, I suppose I shouldn't be because he's been a guy that's been developing for a while, and he's been waiting his turn. I don't think that that game he played last season in St. Louis is indicative of the type of player he is or could be at the NHL level. Now, risking losing him on waivers, not ideal, but I don't know if he necessarily gets picked up because outside of... The Oilers, he's kind of an unknown entity. I, I don't think he has a track record to, to get picked up unless somebody's been watching him like a hawk in the AHL and says, you know what, this is a, a diamond in the rough that we should take a shot on. So I think he should make it through waivers if and when that happens. And then Nima Linen has had a really good camp. Uh, his puck play has been better. I know he's been physical throughout, which is excellent to see. That's a sub, it's an element that the Oilers don't really have a lot of, and uh, that's appreciated. I don't know if he's beaten out Broberg. I don't think he has. Uh, I think he'll be an option at times this season as well. And again, like Holloway up front and forwards pushing for spots. Uh, there's competition on this back end, and it's good to see. And I still think Philip Broberg has done enough to, to maintain that job. And uh, he had to, I think, play really poorly in the preseason and training camp to, to lose out to one of those guys. And I don't think he's done that. So I think it's safe to assume Broberg will probably make this team. Murray will probably make this team. And then Nima Line and Sam Rukov probably get sent down unless something else happens. But uh, it's been interesting and nice to see that level of depth and competition, both at forward and defense, for sure. We have that up as a poll right now in our YouTube chat. So go give it a vote if you're watching the show on YouTube. Tommy, rapid fire style, you answer true or false to these statements to wrap things up. <laughs> Tyler okay. Benson will be on the opening night roster. Uh, false. Ooh. Evan Bouchard will rack up more power play minutes than Tyson Berry this season. Uh, false. Jay Woodcroft will be a Jack Adams finalist. True. Yeah, you had to give me one true. You couldn't let me go 0 for 3, Tom. All right, appreciate <laughs> you coming on the show, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Riera. Uh, I'm Appreciate it, buddy. All right, let's get to the wrap. Liam, the YouTube chat is buzzing, my man. Um, there's a lot going on here. We have our poll up about uh, will Philip Broberg earn a top six spot? 55% saying no, but I think an, an interesting point here from Epiphany, earn no, get yes. There's a difference. So that's interesting. Lamborghini Perlini says Nemo over Broberg right now. I... The reason I struggle with that, like, I, I like Nimaline. I think he's having a good camp. The physicality is a really interesting side of this as well. They don't really have a piece like that. Um, but uh, I'm just, I'm torn on it because I think they want to give Broberg some leash. He hasn't had an amazing camp. I think Nimaline has probably had a bit of a better camp. But who has more upside? Who has more ceiling? I saw Caleb asked, what do you think the ceiling for Broberg is currently? Top four D-man? Yeah, I think one day Philip Broberg can definitely be a top four D-man in this league. Can he get to a point this season where he's handling top four minutes? Yeah, probably not. Nimalainen's ceiling probably isn't a top four D-man. His ceiling's probably just an everyday defenseman. 
So could he be a hair better than Broberg right now? Yeah, maybe. But do you want to lose that potential upside? Do you want to lose that development time? What's better for Broberg right now? I mean, again, he doesn't need waivers. If you think it's better for Broberg to go down to Bakersfield and play 22 to 24 minutes a night and maybe get some power play and PK time and all of that, then yeah, run Niemalainen and Murray and rotate them in out for the first little bit. And when there's an injury, Broberg will get another shot. Or you go Samurakov or whatever you end up doing. I just, I, I, something tells me they're not going to want to lose out on the upside of Broberg. And I think they really, really like his game. So uh, that, that's kind of my final thought on the defense and things like that. Um, as we head towards the end of the show, let's bring in Liam for a little Betway segment. Liam, what do you got? What are you eyeing up on the betting market today? We're going to take a look at the Calder Trophy winner after Dylan Holloway, obviously, hat-trick last night. Seems very fitting to talk about this. There's a lot of good rookies this year. Mason McTavish with Anaheim coming in as a favorite, plus 400. Owen Power, the former first overall pick with Buffalo, obviously has some experience last year too. Second favorite, plus 450. Matt Benias, plus 500. And you have to scroll down quite a bit to see Dylan Holloway who is coming in at plus 1,800 to win the Calder. Tyler, how do you feel about those odds? I don't, so I don't hate it because right now we're all caught up in the Holloway buzz. I'm going to take one of these jerseys to the sports closet. I'm going to get 55 Holloway put on the back. And 50 to 1 odds is like, that's solid for a guy who could be playing in one of the best top sixes in the league. But I don't know if he's getting 82 games in the Oilers top six or top nine this season, right? Um, the guys I like on this Calder Trophy odds list, uh, I think Matty Beneers at 5-1 to one is the best bet. He's going to be centering Seattle's top line. They basically have no center depth, so he's going to get the whole season there. He's going to play power play one. He's looked sick in the preseason. He was good in the games they brought him up for last year as well. So Beneers is without a doubt the best bet. In sort of that 12-1, to 16-1 to one range, I like Kent Johnson and Marco Rossi. Uh, Kent Johnson has the upside where I think later in the year, if he starts playing with a line A or a Goudreau, he could be a really good bet. If Marco Rossi works his way into the Wilds top six or even top line, I think he's a guy who could get a lot of Calder love. Out of the long-term options, and there's a lot like Caden Gooley, Ben Myers, Jacob Peltier, Dylan Gunther's even still there, although he probably goes back to the Oil Kings. I think Holloway's the best out of that group just because of who he could play with if things go right. So 50 to one aren't, it's not the worst odds. You know, it's not being grossly affected by his preseason hat trick, but I don't mind Holloway, but not as much as I obviously like some of the guys higher up that list. Yeah, I think with Holloway, like you said, the guys who he could potentially play with help his odds quite a bit. I think on this list, I think Mason McTavish could have a big role of Anaheim this year. And obviously that's why he's coming in as a favorite. The first overall yeah. pick this year, Yuroslavkovsky, plus 1,400. And if you want to throw it on the Oilers goalie, Stuart Skinner, plus 5,000 to win the Calder this year. It seems like a long shot, but hey, who knows? We've seen him get hot. He's currently riding that Stuart's shutout here. streak. Maybe he rides that for a little longer. He is riding a shutout streak, technically. That is a great point. Um, yeah, Stuart Skinner, technically a rookie as well, which is... Uh, Really interesting. Um, let's wrap this thing up. We got about a minute to go here. Uh, checking through the YouTube stream again. Our Broberg poll is over. 53% of you saying yes, Philip Broberg will earn a spot on the Oilers' top six and be an everyday defenseman. Uh, Greg says, I expect Broberg to stick and Murray as seven. I just hope it doesn't cost us Samo. Yeah, and I think that's the concern. But I, I think I mentioned this yesterday. 
the Flames got Oliver Shillington through waivers last year. Like, I don't know. Th this time of year is such a weird thing for the waiver wire. You usually don't see a lot of guys getting claimed because kind of like Tom alluded to, every team has their own waiver situation they're trying to figure out. Like Frank has been reporting on the Penguins and P.O. Joseph, who's a really good defenseman. I think he was a first-round pick at one point. Um, that Other teams have tough decisions to make. I think Samurakov would squeak through the waiver wire. He just doesn't have that kind of a pedigree around the league where teams would be like, chomping at the bit to get this guy so i wouldn't be too too worried about it uh epiphany says this is the last non ufa year we have samo wouldn't you want to see what he can really do in the bigs especially with the waiver danger yeah and again i think the way i would rank it right now broberg samurikov and then nimalainen even though nimalainen's been great in camp some sometimes the league's just not fair um he he can he doesn't need waivers to go down you can bring him up and down as much as you really want to and he doesn't have the pedigree of Broberg. So if I had to rank him, that would be the way it goes. Um, but that is going to be a wrap. Maybe we'll get some insight from Frank Saravalli tomorrow on the show when we dig into this a little bit. Uh, but a big shout out to Tom Gazzola today for joining me on the program. Remember, the show is available as a podcast wherever you get your podcast from. So if you ever miss an episode, go download it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. And also, shout out to our friends at the Sports Closet. As always, Sports Closet Studio. Check them out, sportscloset.ca. They are also in Sherwood Park, St. Albert, and Kingsway Mall. So plenty of places for you to get one of these beautiful new royal blue jerseys. Uh, for our technical producer, Alex Allard, and my boy, Liam Horbin, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to Oilers Nation every day.